Yo, welcome back to another episode of On The Spot Sports. I'm Jack, and today's episode are joined by a very special guest, current professional hockey goaltender with the Evansville Thunderbolts in the Southern Professional Hockey League, Hayden Levine. Hayden has spent the last four years playing professional hockey, going throughout the SPHL, the East Coast Hockey League, and the ECHL, the American Hockey League as well, with a, with a cup of coffee there as well as getting some time over with the Manchester Storm and Sheffield Steelers last season in the EIHL. So you've been uh, you've been a lot of places, so it's going to be a good episode to just like get all your experiences there and everything and some of the things you learned going throughout all the all the places you've been. So I'm super excited to have you on. And he also spent four years at NCAA Division One college hockey with the University of Michigan. And then even before that, he was in the USHL in the United States Hockey League with with the Tri-City Storm, Waterloo Blackhawks, and the Bloomington Thunder before going the NCAA route and then eventually leading into pro. But uh, I'm super excited to have you on, Hayden. So welcome to the show, Hayden Levine. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. I'm stoked to be here, kind of talk about my suitcase experience, bouncing all around in pro and even juniors. I was moving all over the place, so excited to get things going. Yeah, it's definitely makes for the best the best stories when you're just all over the place and you don't know what, what's going to happen season to season. Yeah, some people don't realize, like, as goalies, how much you can move around sometimes. And I feel like we get the short end of the stick compared to players a little bit, a little bit more unpredictable than some of the forwards and D-man get it, but <clears throat> is what it is. Yeah, yeah, that that's the, that's right. And, like, it's it's a lot, a lot of stories, so – uh, I'm happy to get and get you on and get into the the stories and everything that comes with playing the game and all the different experiences. But to start things out, like, what can we have like some inform background information on you? Like, when did you start playing hockey? And like, honestly, what made you become a goaltender? Uh, yeah. So I I think I got like a pretty unique story for why I became a goaltender. So I asked my mom and my dad if I could play hockey at four. They tried to sign me up, and they were like, "No, he's too young. You play next year." So I did skating lessons just played like your typical house league when I was five, right? Like you rotate through the positions. My team yeah. was trash, like didn't win at all. The one game that I went in net, we won one, nothing. <laughs> and apparently my mom tells me that I came off the ice and I was like, well, the only way to win is to be a goalie and not get scored on. And then <laughs> the next year I became a full-time goalie. And so it's actually became a full-time goalie. And now we're 21 years later and still doing it. Uh, that's an on that's an unreal start like you always hear about the start whether you're getting you're getting pumped 11 nothing or getting getting the shutout in your first game and you got that shutout the first game and that's uh that set it sealed the deal for you yeah yeah from then on i was like oh perfect this is easy you just got to go in there and stop everything and little did i know it's not quite that easy <laughs> yeah it's a it's a grind it's a lot a lot of work and it's like growing throughout like youth hockey like what were some of those favorite memories that stick out to you yeah um kind of like my pro career with youth man I bounced around all over the place but I started out in Brampton playing in the OMHA um and I was there for the majority of like six through I think 12 and we had a really good team like while I was there really good coaching staff um I was lucky enough to have a goalie coach from the time that I was six all the way through so like he was just an assistant coach, happened to be a goalie himself. So he would work with us all the time. So that I'm like super fortunate for and super thankful for him. Um, and then we won some regionals and some like provincial championships with that team when we were younger. So 
I mean, by the time I was 10, I had a wall in the basement filled up with those trophies that I didn't have to do a whole lot for. My team, we'd outshoot teams like 40 to 10. Like, we just pumble them. So it was like, it was a great experience growing up there and made some great friends there. And then as things started to kind of get more serious in youth hockey, that's when I started moving to the GTHL. And then you just get into like what real competitive hockey is, especially in the G, like there's so many good players and so many guys move into Toronto that aren't from there just to play in the like, greater Toronto hockey league. So just getting to play against guys like McDavid and Sam Bennett and Ekblad and stuff like that. It's kind of cool to, even though I didn't make it to the NHL, get to say that I did play against him at one point. And... Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's wild. And like, it's just a huge transition when you go, go from playing youth hockey to the G to the greater Toronto hockey league, where you're actually facing guys like McDavid and all that, all the other guys, like you said, who eventually are in the show right now. So like, what were some of the biggest things you had to learn going from youth hockey to GTHL? Uh, you know, I think like the biggest thing was just that like the GTHL was my first experience that like hockey's a business and like you have to win. So like when I first went there, like it didn't matter. Like we were no longer just rotating goalies anymore. And that was my first taste of like, if you're winning, you're going to play. And if you're not winning, it doesn't really matter how good you're playing. If you're not winning, you're not playing. So that was going going with whoever's hot. Exactly. Got to learn that at, at an early age, which was good and definitely helped me like all through juniors and college and into pro and stuff and that was definitely just like the biggest thing kind of fundamentally and like mentally not so much technique wise that I learned from doing that and it's just from then on that's kind of stuck with me that like the only the only number on the stat sheet that matters is your your win loss percentage they don't really care what your goals against your save percentage is if you're 14 and 0 yeah yeah as long as you're you're winning games like that at the end of the day like it's a business that's all that matters and they're going to keep you around play you a lot more if you're winning winning those games yeah exactly yeah but then you uh, then you find yourself going into the junior hockey route after your your time in the gthl so how did you find uh the wellington dukes from the gthl yeah so i was drafted by belleville in the ohl back when they were an ohl team uh in the sixth round and wellington was just kind of like their farm team program um so they kind of set me up with that and hooked me up there as a spot there when I was 16, went and did my 48 hours with uh, like Belleville training camp. And I was kind of like, ah, I'm going to play this year out and see what happens in terms of school and stuff. Since I already know I'm going to be in Wellington um, played there, started out playing a lot. Like I played, I think like 11 of the first 15 games. And then we traded for a 21 year old goalie. Cause I was 16 playing majority of our games. So we traded for an older yeah. goalie and, then I only played another nine, like the rest of the season. Um, but it was great. We were like a middle of the pack team. Wellington has an unbelievable facility. Like just, I was there. I think the rink was like two or three years old when I got to the team. I had phenomenal billets. Just absolutely loved my experience there. This tiny little town uh, right on the edge of Lake Ontario, like in between Toronto and Belleville. And it was just a great group of guys. I got to play in some really high level hockey um kind of get my foot in the door and start talking to some schools and stuff like that and it was honestly just like the first experience to what I I didn't know this at the time but what pro was going to be like you know going to practice and doing all the extra stuff and you had bikes in the in the locker room so guys were on the bikes all the time and it's just kind of my first experience to that and as a 16 year old I just kind of like wide-eyed and shell-shocked and just trying to make the most of it which luckily I ended up doing 
Yeah, and like you learn a lot from situations like that, especially going like it's your first year in juniors and it's you're already being treated like a like a professional and just like how you're supposed to be like when you do get to the professional ranks with doing the little things like you said, working out off off ice workouts, going going to practice and just doing like the the small things. So like it's good that you got that taste right away because it it goes a huge way compared to later in life. Yeah, it definitely helps then too. Like then when you go to like Wellington is a nice small town and stuff, right? You got that little bit of taste in that like smaller environments. So then when yeah, when I made that transition to the USHL where the rinks are even bigger and there's even more fans and it's even more a little cutthroat than the OJHL, then I wasn't like quite as shell shocked, right? Then I was had that exposure already and knew what I was getting into and was able to settle in a little bit more and just kind of play my game. Yeah, and like you had that OHL training camp experience as well. So like, what was it like going into Belleville with the with that training camp and learning from a high high level of junior hockey right away. Yeah, so that was cool. Um, I was obviously like super young, going in super nervous. Got to do a couple goalie skates with the goalie coach that was there at the time. Uh, Malcolm Subban was their starter, so I was like kind of on there on the ice with him. And then I'm just like this skinny little sixteen year old. I was like same height. I was like six three, but I was like a buck seventy. So I was just yeah, all bone, <laughs> all bones and skin and. Had Subban in there, and uh, he was just like so welcoming and like super nice guy that, that just made me feel really comfortable. And just got to go in there and work really hard for like the two days because obviously I wanted to keep my NCAA eligibility. And you're only allowed yeah. 48 hours um, with OHL teams to keep your eligibility for college hockey alive. Uh, so I did my 48 hours. Just got a couple good goalie skates in. I want like one scrimmage in there, and then just a couple practices. It was it was a bag because we were trying to get a lot of ice in in 48 hours, but it was a great experience. And I think Subban's just like being really welcoming was a huge part of like kind of curving those nerves and allowing me to kind of play my game. Yeah. That's a, that's a big, that's a big thing is like when you have a guy that's very welcoming and like, he's obviously Malcolm Subban, like he's been or been around in that league and just to have guys that are good like that, like it really helps yeah. your confidence and helps like you stay, stay calm. Exactly. It was great. Cause like he knew what he was doing and, he had proven success in that league. So then I was able to just kind of like, hang on, sorry, I'm trying to plug my computer in here. I didn't plan this very well. Uh, he had like proven success in that league. So I was able to just kind of take his confidence and kind of add it to mine. There you go. So yeah, like you learn, you learn a lot from, from a guy like that. And then you go into the USHL the following year with the, uh, with the Waterloo Blackhawks or you play or with the, with the Tri-City Storm first, where you got 27 games in that season. It's so like, what was it like? transitioning from the OJHL to the USHL yeah I mean I don't know how it is now but back then like that was a huge step for me I was still really young that was my first real experience being super far away from home too like Wellington was only two and a half hours from my my parents so they would come up for home games and everything um, and then going to Tri-City I was still in school so I was one of the younger guys on the team um, and just like the level of play there was so good it was so fast. It was so well-structured. Um, and it was a tough adjustment at first. Like, it was really hard. It's It was such a good league. And I kind of just thought it would be, like, on par with the OJ belt the same. Yeah. And it just it just wasn't. And I was, like, right away I was kind of shocked in my first game. I think we lost, like, 6-1. And I just was, like, holy. I was, like, this is not – I was, like, this is not the OJHL anymore. Um, so it took me quite a while there in my first season to kind of get my feet under me and kind of smooth things out but then towards the end of the season I think I had like 
seven or eight games that were just real solid. And I, I felt really confident with like finishing the season on those good games and kind of took that and rolled it into the next two years there. Yeah. And like, how long did it take you to like adjust to the USHL game, especially going from the OJHL and like your mindset's obviously a big part of it. And then when you realize that, oh, this is a completely different game than the OJ and like you have to have that like time period before you're really confident in your game and just yeah. like you're getting better every single practice. Yeah, I got really lucky. I was behind another 21-year-old goalie who was – he was phenomenal. He's Swedish, plays in the SHL still now. He's been there for, uh, I think, about like eight years or so. And I got to just kind of, again, like I was behind this older goalie for a second year in a row, got to learn from him, kind of learn his habits and what he did to make sure that he was ready to go. He was a guy that was like always doing these extra little goalie drills either before or after practice. Um, so then I got – as I hopped in with him and started doing that and just started seeing more pucks in like that controlled setting of like those goalie drills kind of just naturally builds your confidence around it. You get more yeah. confident seeing pucks from like top of the circles or inside the dots. And that just like that over the course of the year, just really amplified like how confident I felt inside the crease. Yeah. And like, obviously like it's not an ideal situation that you're behind uh older guy. Cause you want to, you want to play, but like you're able to learn from those experiences, learn from a guy like that. It's so, like, just, give some advice for like, cause I know throughout your career, like you've had guys that you've been behind, like uh, Strauss man, Jack LaFontaine, like all those guys as well, when you were in university of Michigan. So like, what, what's some advice you give player uh, players like that are behind guys and like that, that you yeah, want to learn think, from? I think like, it's so easy to be envious. Like when you're quote unquote, like the backup, right. When you're yeah. not getting playing time that like you want or think you deserve, um, so it's so easy to be envious. And I just think like the big thing is to watch what they do and learn from like, like you don't have to take everything that they do and apply it to like your game or your routine routine or anything like that. But like over the years of just like watching so many different goalies that like, I was like, man, I'm like just as good as them or, or like whether, even if they were like goalies that were my backups, right. Like still able to learn from those guys and just kind of like keep such an open mind that like the more information you take in, and the more stuff you test out and see if it applies to your game, like the better you're just going to build your repertoire, right? The bigger, like your save selection is going to get, the bigger your ideas of like what pregame rituals you want to do or habits you want to have, like things to try out, like, like playing behind Strauss, he was like super, super dialed into his diet. Like he's got a very, very specific diet that he follows to a T. And I was like, looking at it like you know we'd kind of joke around with him like oh you all this work for this like he'd bring coolers on the road and stuff I'm like we're getting fed like these five-star meals and he's like bringing a, a yeti cooler on the road and we're all like oh like our food's not good enough for you but you know like he was just so dialed in it and it just gave him confidence that you know he was doing the best thing for him to be prepared and you know while his diet doesn't necessarily like work for me like it's not something that i'm kind of willing to do but it gave me yeah. insight like he's so dialed around it that he knows that that's going to give him an edge whether or not the actual diet gives him an edge it's the confidence that he has in it that like that was the part that clicked for me that was something that i was like you want know what that's not going to work for me but the idea that he's getting so much confidence from doing it i was like that'll work for me and then that applied like i just applied that to different things and i'm like man when i'm in the gym like I'm working hard in the gym and that's giving me confidence. Now I'm like, now I'm, now I know how strong I am on the ice. So I'm like, now I have confidence in my legs because I know in the gym, I'm 
squatting twice a week and yeah. like working out and doing all the things right there. So I know that then I have the strength and the endurance on the ice. And that's just yeah, like, all- you just learn from everyone, man. That's the biggest thing. Yeah. It's easy to be envious, but like you can just, you know, keep an open mind and, and learn from everyone. And you don't need to learn everything from everyone, like just one or two things from each guy. And you'll learn a lot by the end of a season. Yeah. And just like the preparedness is that's, that's what runs goalies confidence is just doing everything you can like off the ice, whatever it is, like in the gym, nutrition, like you, like Strauss, like Strauss uh, mentioned for you, for you, like just to have that confidence and then it's just going to translate onto the ice. Cause you know, you put everything into it and you exactly. know, you're ready for when you get that shot. Exactly. Confidence is just like built around the belief that you've done everything you can to be prepared. Yeah. No, and that's what builds confidence. You're like, ah, you know, I put in the work in the gym. I put in the work in practice. I put in the work in my diet. Now I've done everything I can do. So the rest is just up to plan and seeing what happens. Yeah, a- absolutely. And like, that's a great thing. A great thing to learn from from the start when you're when you're younger, because like then it translates into when you when you get older into the pro career, like you can also do the same thing to prepare and get better every day. Yeah, I think it gets it gets even harder too once you get into the pro career because like there's more um what's the word I'm looking for? Like vices. There's more vices yeah. out there that mm-hmm. kind of fall into and like you got so many guys doing different things in pro because all they have to worry about is practice, right? So like yeah, after practice, it's whether they're just gaming all day or they're sleeping all day, like those aren't good habits, right? And it's like yeah. those are easy things to fall into and get behind. And like not everyone in pro works out. So like got to work to be one of the guys that's going to go to the gym going to go work out and not everyone likes to stay on the ice late like extra so it's like it's easy to fall into like that herd that doesn't want to do those things but if you can set that stonework early that like if i do these things it's going to give me confidence in my game that i can carry on throughout the year that's important yeah that's like one of the biggest thing i i learned in, in pro is just everything's on you like no one's no one's there to be yeah. like you have to go to the gym you have to do this like if you want to get better and you want to treat your body and body extremely well and have those good habits like you have to put every put all the work in even after yeah, hours it gets a little more structured like as you move up like in the a we had like strict like all right this is our workout this is what we're doing today and yeah. stuff like that and then the coast it's like a little bit less it's like all right get to the gym today and then in the sphl it's like just as long as you're working hard at practice and really, working hard at practice and performing in games, they're like, I don't really care what you do. So yeah, then it's like, it, you got to figure out what works for you, what gives you confidence because nobody's telling you what does, right? Yeah, exactly. A hundred percent. But uh, you finish off your junior, your junior hockey career with uh, Bloomington Thunder and the USHL where you went 26, nine and two your last year. It's like, what was that? that year like for you and like that big step up going into college hockey yeah i just like my last year in juniors we had a really really solid team i mean i think we had gosh we had two defensemen that that are on nhl contracts now three defensemen that are on nhl contracts now like one guy who was on the hl contract recently retired another guy who played in the ahl and then played over in england as well like we just had we just had such a phenomenal team and like everyone was there and we just like so cohesive. Um, and then honestly, like I just got a ton of starts that year. So I just got to build confidence in the number of games I was playing and the number of pucks I was seeing. And then obviously like winning, just, you know, winning's a habit, but like, so is losing. So like when you get in the habit of winning, like it just continues to build and build and build. And we just kind of got off to a good start and 
I was feeling good about my game and the team was rolling. And then, then I just, because of that, like we lost in the semifinals of the playoffs uh, in the Clark cup and then just rolled into college knowing, you know, I had a really, really strong year, did what I wanted to accomplish with good numbers, a good playoff run. We sat like middle of the pack during the season, but then we beat out like the first place team and first round of playoffs. And so, you know, that just, like a good year with a lot of games and good numbers under my belt had me going into school as a freshman just really confident that I was ready to go in yeah it's so like what were some of those like on ice habits that really got you dialed in when you were getting a lot of starts and uh, and you guys were you were doing everything you can to help help the team win and it showed yeah you know I feel like you hear a lot of goalies talk about like feel good drills like I know Dustin yeah. Wolf has a few that he does like every day, the day before a game or like morning skate. Um, you know, I just, I got a couple of drills from like my goalie coach from Bloomington that just worked on track and pucks and holding my edges and like seeing my feet, but they didn't necessarily give the shooters great like angles. Yeah. So as long as you were like set center and square and you held your feet and were patient, there was like no way they were scoring. So then I was like, you'd go like 30 for 30 doing that. And then I'd get off the ice. And I'm like, man, I'm like, you can't beat me. I was just yeah, like, you're buzzing, getting, buzzing. Yeah, just kind of getting those mentality. And, and honestly, it's like you make the drill super simple, essentially. So I would just do like it literally be like pucks would be at the corners of the blue line, pass across to the other guy. He would just come down on an angle towards the net and shoot by the top of the circle. Like you're not going to get beat out on that 99 out of 100 yeah. times. But it's just like the footwork across the crease and then you got to get set and then just building those little habits. And then it's an easier shot that you should make the save on tracking the rebound, follow your rebound. And then just make, just kind of built my confidence in that. Like, all right, if these aren't like grade a scoring chances, I'm big, I'm fast. I'm not going to get scored on. Yeah. And then it's going to, you're just going to feel good after you get off the ice and then you're exactly. ready to go for the, for the game. Yeah. I always finished with a, with a drill like that. And then that way I was like, all right, I'm good to go. Like now I got my confidence going into to Friday night and we're going to win. Yeah, let's go. Let's go win a game. But then uh, then after that year of juniors, you went on to four years at the University of Michigan. So, like, what what made you go to University of Michigan? Yeah, so when I started doing, like, my recruiting process, um, my year in the OJ is when I kind of first started talking to schools. I talked to a number, and I was just kind of very, like, academically driven as well as, like, hockey-wise. So I was looking for a school that kind of did it all. And Michigan was just that one that ticked all the boxes. I was, you know, science is kind of like my subject of choice. And Michigan had really strong, like health science programs, um, like throughout their curriculum. So that was a huge factor for me. And then just the history in Michigan, like it's pretty much like unmatched in my opinion, like around the leagues, you could argue like BC and BU are there and Michigan state and stuff. But like when you go to a game in Yost and it's like, the metal bleachers and it's loud and you got the big windows all the way around like it when I went on my visit and I just saw the history of that building and like saw the team come out and the band and everything I was just so starstruck and I was like man this is this is where I want to go this is where I want to get my education for, from this is where I want to play I was like that block M is the logo that I want to wear and I was like 17 when I committed there and I was just like couldn't wait to finally get there yeah, so like, what was the atmosphere like in Yost or Yost Arena over there? Because it's, I believe, it's the biggest rink in the country, right? Uh, Yost isn't. Yost only seats about sixty five hundred, but it's it's actually wow. like 
it feels big because the stands are pretty straight up. So it feels like the crowd's really on top of you. And then with the metal bleachers, it just gets so loud. Um, and the band sits like up in the corner behind the away net. So when they're playing, like the away goalie can't hear anything. And that student section runs all along the away bench and they're chanting the whole game, getting the cowbells going and everything. And it's, it's awesome. Um, it's definitely not the biggest rank. Like Notre Dame is bigger, um, Wisconsin, Ohio state, but like we just consistently get like 6,500 people. I think the yeah. only game, that we, the only games we wouldn't sell out for was like Thanksgiving weekend, just because Michigan always played Ohio state in football that weekend. And then Christmas break, and other than that, it was like we were pretty much sold out every weekend. So sixty-five yeah, hundred people every single game, all wearing that's blue. Crazy. Paint, so builds a builds a great atmosphere to uh, to play in. And like, where did you have any good chirps that went like when you go to away games and like the student section is just chirping? You're like, are any good chirps that you got? Oh, the, my! I'll never forget this man. My first road game in college hockey. We went to Vermont. I get scored on very first shot of the game. And in Vermont, the student section is just right up the back, right behind like the away net. So 30 seconds in the whole student section, the whole rest of the game just starts yelling at me to give my scholarship back. <laughs> <laughs> they just start chanting like, give it back, not your money. I was like, ah, I was like, that's Wait, what, a, what a first away game to, to play. Yeah. It was, a, I mean, it was a sick atmosphere and like, yeah, it was, I was kind of sitting there like, ah, oh, it's pretty funny, but like, dang. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely, definitely like, that's like one of the best at, at aspects of college hockey is just oh, the fan sure, sections and my, like the atmosphere. This is my favorite part, hands down. We were in Notre Dame one year and I came out and did like one lap during warmups. I shoot on the empty net and I scroll the corner. And I just see this girl with this sign that says, Levine hates puppies. <laughs> I'm just like, just irrelevant and i'm just like that's not true i like it kind of hurts my feelings <laughs> that somebody would say that but everyone like, loves puppies stuff like that it's just so funny man like the student sections are what make college hockey so much fun yeah that's it, it's crazy what the what they could come up with with stalking your social media like they can oh, yeah. get the littlest things and just just make it make it big they get ruthless, man. Luckily, like I'm not a big social media guy, so I don't post too often yeah. or anything like that. So I didn't have a lot of ammunition out there for student sections, but some people get ruthless. They'll find like, oh, yeah. tin, like they'll find like guys' tinders and stuff. And like our student section in Michigan would like print it off and they'd have like a big like <laughs> thing of like your Tinder other teams' Tinder profiles. That's crazy. It's just what college hockey is a different breed. It is. It is the most fun I've had playing hockey ever, like hands down. Yeah. So like what what were those four years of college hockey like going into a historic organization and just going going throughout all four years of playing there? Yeah, it was awesome, man. I mean, there were so many like amazing moments that I got to be a part of. Like I got to shut out my very first college game, which like something I'll never forget. Just never even imagined that would happen. Um we got to play, I got to play in an outdoor game against Notre Dame at Notre Dame Stadium my junior year. Like that was another thing that I'll never forget. Played an MSG, got to sit in Lundquist stall for the game. That's didn't pan, didn't pan out too well. I ended up getting pulled <laughs> that game, but <laughs> forget that part. The Lundquist curse. Yeah. I was like, ah, I shouldn't have sat there. There's no way I could have lived <laughs> up to that. But like that was just a cool experience in itself, too. And like 
uh, getting to meet like guys like Marty Turco and Al Montoya, like other like big time NHL guys that played there before, just such a great experience. And like the alumni base of like, not even just Michigan hockey, but Michigan in general, just spread so far. And that's just like something that everywhere I go, I've been able to have conversations with people, whether it's in like an airport somewhere in the UK or like some random little city, like where I'm playing minor pros in North America, like somebody there has gone to Michigan and loves it just as much. And so it's always great to kind of be able to carry that everywhere. Yeah. It's a historic place to place to play and historic, historic school. So it's just great to be in an organization like that and just have that, have that college hockey experience and that college experience overall. Yeah, it was phenomenal. I remember on my like recruiting visit, they told me they were like, yeah, if you go anywhere besides the NHL, like after this, they're like, it's a step down. And that was spot on, man. They just like (laughs) treated us like pros and gave us every opportunity to succeed and to be successful, both like on the ice and in the classroom. And it's something that like I'm forever grateful for. And I'll cherish those four years like for the rest of my life. Yeah, for sure. And like your sophomore year was uh was a huge year for you where you played 33 games, 18, 11, and threes. Like what was what was that year like for you and just to uh, have that success with playing majority of your team's games? Yeah, that was a that was an unbelievable year. We went on a great run. We lost in the overtime in the semifinals, the Big Tens, and then we lost in the semifinals in the national championship. So we made it all the way to the frozen four. Um, we started out a little rocky, like 500 hockey team coming out of Christmas, right out of Christmas break. We dropped two straight to Notre Dame. So we were below 500 hockey team. We lost two games, two, one back to back. And then after that, I think we went something like 16 and three. Wow. Yeah. We St. Louis Blues at 2019. Yeah. We just went on an absolute tear. And, you know, is is again, is like one of those things where winning was a habit. I got back to just doing like a couple of those drills that just made me feel good. We had Jeff Tambellini was a volunteer assistant coach. Um, so he would come out with me before practice every day and just do like a couple of real simple shooting drills and like just getting to see a guy that could shoot the puck that well yeah. um, every single day, just built my confidence then going into games. And I literally got to the point where I felt like we went into a game and I was like, there's no way I was like, nobody can beat us. It's like, there's no way we can lose. Even if we like, we would either win games like one, nothing, or like there were some games we'd win like six, five, like it almost didn't matter. No matter what we found a way to win. And that kind of confidence that that just bred throughout the team was such a fun atmosphere to be around. Yeah. Like when you have that confidence, like you just feel like no one could beat you and like yeah. the team's just going to thrive off it. No matter if you guys get down in, in a game, like you guys know, you guys have a chance to come back and pull the game out. Yeah, I can't speak for like everyone else, but I always felt like regardless, man, like I was it the kind of confidence that it gave to you as a goalie because it was like, ah, I don't feel bad about making a mistake because yeah. like I know my like I know this team is so good that we're not gonna lose off of like one or two mistakes. And then the nights yeah. that we didn't score six, like I was able to shut the door and it was just kind of like that perfect balance. The nights that I wasn't good, we would put up six or seven. Yeah, that's 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 awesome. Just uh, just to have that and have that confidence in in the team and yourself to pull out those wins and yeah. like like you said, it's a when when you're winning, like it's it becomes a habit and everyone everyone buys into the to the program. Yeah, yeah no, it was great. And just made those Saturday nights so much more fun too. Yeah, a- absolutely. But then after your four years at University of Michigan, you go on to 
your your professional career, which uh, which started out in Birmingham with the Birmingham Bulls and the SP, and then you found yourself into going to the ECHL with the Wichita Thunder, the Greenville Swamp Rabbits, and you also got a cup of coffee in the A that that season with uh, with the Stockton Heat. So, like, what was that first year of professional hockey like for you? Yeah, that was crazy. So that was my first experience. And like, I was actually signed with Rapid City before the season even started. Got released from Rapid City like a week before I was supposed to leave for camp. So they oh. called me like, hey, we're actually getting sent two guys from the AHL this year. Um, we have connections in Birmingham, though. They want you down there. So I was like, OK, I guess I'll give it a shot. Like it's a week before training camp. Everyone else's rosters are full. So go down to Birmingham, uh, make that team play, I think, like four games. It's COVID year. So like ran into some COVID issues and stuff like that. Yeah. Get up to Wichita, did really well my first two games in Wichita, and then got a call up to Stockton and ended up being there. I didn't play any games, but I was actually ended up being up there for two months. Um, so a couple cups of coffee, backed up for a few games. Um, it was a great experience. I actually met one of my best friends up there, Andrew Shortridge. Um, he was signed by Stockton, but he had a high ankle sprain, so – we were doing the workouts and everything together and doing all the boys skates together, became like best friends. And he was actually one of my groomsmen in my wedding and I was a groomsman in his wedding this summer. So like just that two months, man, I made such a good friend and the experience of like being up there and how you're treated and everything like that. And kind of what that work ethic takes to even just try and stay there, like without playing a game, like I was working my bag off every day just to not even play, but just to not get sent back down just to prove that like, you know, they need three goalies because it's COVID. So I was like, just work as hard as I can to make sure that I'm the guy they want to keep as like their extra goal. Like eventually they had some guys get healthy. Um, it was pretty much right at the end of my PTO anyway. So it worked out all right. Sent back down to Wichita, played another handful of games for Wichita before getting traded to Greenville and finishing out the year in Greenville the last month. Got there and then John Lathman just got super hot and just, I just never saw the net. And then first season was over. So it was a kind of a whirlwind because I flew from Birmingham to Wichita. So I left my truck in Birmingham. And then I flew from Wichita to Calgary because Stockton was playing out of Calgary that year. My truck was still back in Alabama. I, like my trucks loaded up with all my stuff in Alabama. I got like yeah. one suitcase and my hockey equipment up in Calgary. And then I was just all over the place. And then the next year was even crazier for all the movement around. Yeah, but like, what what do you learn in like your first year of professional hockey when you go up three three leagues throughout the throughout the season, and like obviously it's a business and you've learned that from junior hockey. It's like, what are some of the things you learn actually being at the pro level? Yeah, being in the pros like part of it. Like, I don't want to like discredit anything that anyone like accomplishes or anything like that, but like part of being in pro and making it like to the AHL and lasting in the AHL is just like right place, right time. Yeah. Like for all I know, like I got to Stockton, the three games that I backed up, I backed up sparks. Like for all I know, if he gets hurt in that first game and I have to play like two or three games and I play really well, like next thing you know, you could have a contract. It's like, and you see that happen to some guys, some guys get called up and, or somebody plays bad and they get pulled and the call up goes in. And it's just like, if you get in that right place, right time and take advantage of those kind of opportunities, like that's what it takes. And, you know, I got, was lucky enough to be almost right place, right time where I got up there and got to stay up there for a while, but didn't actually see any playing time. Um, but it just kind of was like that to me, it was like, okay, I know I can hang around up there. 
I know I can belong. It's just trying to find a situation that's going to give me an opportunity to play and, and show that. Yeah. And that also boosts your confidence when you're up there for, for a while, for two months, like you said, and you're, you know, that you could play there. Like, you know, like if that opportunity comes, you can, you can get in the game and give the team a chance to win the game. And like that just overall boosts your confidence and like boosts, your your mentality like everything and like you'll you'll see everything improve it could because you believe in yourself and know that you can do it yeah for sure it was a great experience and a lot of fun to get to learn from guys like garrett sparks and louis Domingue and even watching dustin wolf was there for a brief little bit before he headed back to everett and like watching that guy skate man was just mind-blowing i was like like you said previously like your second year of professional hockey was even crazier than your first year your uh, your second year, you started with uh, Pensacola Ice Flyers in the SPHL, and then you went to Rapid City, Allen Americans in the in the coast, Reading Royals, Wheeling Nailers, and the Newfoundland Growlers in the ECHL, and also got a got a, another cup of coffee in the AHL with the Manitoba Moose. So uh, uh, another crazy year for you. So what was this year like for you? Yeah, this year, um, my second year, man, it was really mentally taxing for me. Um, I actually started in Rapid City, went to Tucson training camp. So I went from Tucson training camp to Rapid City. I was in Rapid City for maybe a month, then went down to Pensacola for a weekend and then right back to Allen. I was in Allen for about three months, so that was good. Uh, then got traded to Reading. She got into Reading, played one not very good game <laughs> and then was out of there as quick as I got there. Wheeling, when I went to Wheeling, I knew I was kind of only there for a short period of time. I went in relief for half a game, um, played pretty well. I did like two on 18. It was a five on three and a breakaway. But when you only play half a game, it skews your stats yeah. like that. Yeah. It just sucks. And then um, and then went to Newfie for the last month and a half. And actually, when Newfie released me, I got a call from Wheeling again that was like, hey, do you want to come back and finish out playoffs with us? And I was just like, you know, I've worn eight different jerseys this year I was like I'm I think I'm good and at this point I already knew I was I was going to start looking at England for the next year so at this point I was like it was right around Easter too I was like I think I'm just gonna head home like spend Easter with my family and yeah. like take some time off and get ready for next year um, but it was just like all that moving around man was just exhausting and all the what ifs and stuff like that's the really hard stuff that nobody kind of tells you about playing minor pro as a goalie. That's not on, like, if you're not on those AHL contracts, like there's not really any job security. Yeah. Like I was, I was pretty much starting in Allen. I played like 20 games in, in three months. And then we have a Wednesday game, go to morning skate. I show up at morning skate and we got like four goalies go home. I'm like, man, I wonder if I'm even going to dress tonight get a phone call right before I'm about to take my pregame nap. I'm like, Oh, this is coach probably telling me like if I'm playing or not. And it's just, yeah, we traded you. I was like, Oh, okay. I guess I'll, guess I'll start packing. And so it just taught me to pack as light as you can. Yeah. I was like, all right, enough of the, enough of the suit two suitcase, like the suitcase and all the extra stuff I need in my golf clubs. And this year I came down with one bag of clothes. <laughs> I just got lighter and lighter each year. So one one suitcase and that that's it yeah yeah so that, that year was a really tough year mentally i mean it had some ups and downs obviously like the i was in manitoba for like five days it's nice i knew some guys that were playing for them so that was nice to kind of go up there just 
couple practices back up yeah. for a few games um and then back to allen and then allen was a good experience i mean that facility is nice travel there is pretty good because you're far enough away from everyone that you fly a good amount and you're in the warm weather all the time so it's getting a lot of golfing and stuff like that um but then kind of halfway through that like february march april was just kind of a battle for me mentally jumping on the three different four different teams in two months was a lot and having to go in and meet a whole new locker room every time. And even if you know a couple guys on the team, like when I went to Reading, like I played with one guy in junior. So I kind of like, we knew each other from way back when, but that was still yeah. like seven years ago. So it's like, Oh, Hey, like haven't seen you in seven years, haven't talked to you in seven years. Um, so it was just by the end of the year, I was ready to step away from hockey for a little bit and wait till kind of midsummer training kicked off. So, yes. Yeah, so, yeah. So like, what do you, what do you learn about like the mental side of things when it is a roller coaster and you're moving around constantly? Like it's, uh, it's definitely super hard on, on you mentally. Like you said, it's like, what was some of the things you learn going, going forward throughout your career for after yeah, that it's, whole situation? Dealing with that man really teaches you like, it's just a battle of attrition. Like, it's just, if you can keep grinding it out, like I had games in, in that year that like proved that I belonged there. And just cause I wasn't didn't have a good game on one team and they based their decision off of that one game, you know, yeah. it's, it's, it's tough. Cause you're like, Oh, they like think I'm no good, but I know I am. And it's just a battle of like, if you can keep working through like that door being closed in your face all the time, eventually it's going to open up. And, you know, I kind of got that opportunity then in England that opened wide up and got to go over to Manchester and be the starter in Manchester for a good chunk of the start of the season. Um, you know, and that was just cause, well, it was emotionally taxing, you know, I just kind of then took my time to kind of recover from it and step away from hockey and like get into like my lifting and summer training. And then before getting back and rolling and feeling confident again, and it's just keeping in mind that if you battle long enough, eventually an opportunity is going to come up. That's going to, going to do you well. Yeah. Like once, once that door opens, like that, that's an opportunity for you to show what you got and show that you still have what it takes to play at that level and just uh, to battle it out. Yeah. Yeah. So it was, it was good. Learned a lot emotionally and kind of mentally from that year, but probably wouldn't do it again. <laughs> yeah. But that, but then like after that year, you got, like you said, you, it led you into England with the Manchester storms. Like what was, that transition going from North American hockey league to, or North American to the over to the ice over in Europe and just in the EIHL. Yeah. So that was good, man. The hockey over there is phenomenal. Like it is way better than the reputation that it has. Um, I think back in the day, it was kind of known for being like a place that people go to play their last couple of years before they retire sort of thing. Um, but it's really good hockey, man. They have some really, really skilled players. They draw like a good number of skilled players from like Central Europe as well as a lot of North Americans. Um, there, it's a high import league, so like fifteen imports uh, per active roster, which is crazy compared to like some yeah. of the other ones that are like three and four. Um, so it's really competitive. It's basically, in my opinion, it was it was like a more structured ECHL because the teams are a little bit more stable. There's not as much turnover in players. So the systems were a little bit better in place compared to the ECHL. Um, but that big ice then just gives guys like some of those skilled players so much time to make plays and, and man can like some of those guys that have been over there for a few years, they can really make plays like there's some good players. And so 
it was good. It was fun. It was really competitive. Um, it was an easier schedule than North America. Travel's not as bad. Obviously, England is way smaller. So, yeah, I think our longest road trip was like five hours. Toss. It's not bad at all. Yeah. So, and then like, and then just getting to travel there. Like, my wife came over with me for the first half of the season. So, with the public transportation over there, it was really easy for us to take advantage of like seeing England. Like, it was really easy to hop on a morning train and go to, a little town coastal town and like spend the day there and then be back by like eight o'clock at night. So we took advantage of doing some travel and kind of getting to enjoy that aspect of it and playing some really good hockey and kind of being a little bit more settled and only playing for two teams that year instead of eight. Yeah. That, that'll help the, the mental side of things. Yeah. I was definitely in a better attitude coming out of the end of the season last year than I was the year before. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. But like, what was the, biggest thing you notice in the crease going from the smaller ice to the bigger ice and just having like the obviously those guys can move the puck around and like looking for that extra pass and all that so like what what did you have to learn in the crease yeah the big thing for me was just learning that like all the extra space on those rinks are outside the face-off dots right like they're yeah. towards the walls so it really like doesn't change much and to me it was like getting used to not following the puck once it got outside those face-off circles. Cause if you follow it, then you start to get out of position. Um, so it took me a little while and took me some, some goals against to kind of see those mistakes and then kind of be like, Oh, okay. You know, I don't need to, you know, it gets to the, gets to the hash marks on the half wall. I don't need to follow it that extra yeah. two feet, like out to the side, I can just stay put. Um, honestly, that big ice kind of allows you to play a little bit deeper while those guys are skilled and they make the plays really, really fast. Like that big ice slows it down a little bit guys are more open. So like the play reads at some points can be a little bit easier because there's not as much like crisscross and traffic just because there's more separation between uh, players in general, but it was just like being more patient and being more centered over there made a bigger difference than in North America. Like if you get out of position on the big ice, like you get really out of position. Whereas yeah. in North America, you can see some goalies that'll, they'll not quite be square, but like, the play happens so fast because the D and like everything is so tight that guys can't shoot it quite as well over there. Like there's a little bit more time uh, that guys are able to pick corners a little bit better and kind of make plays a little bit better. And so you just gotta, gotta take some time to adjust that extra wide ice and that little bit of depth perception change because of the extra ice. But once I kind of got used to that, I kind of settled in a little bit. Yeah, it's all about like the the first couple mistakes that you make, and then you're and then you see it on film, and you're like, oh, and then like it it obviously you obviously fix it, and you don't have to commit overcommit as much as you were before that. Exactly, exactly. I had one that was we were playing in Sheffield, and it was a power play, and it just went from the top guy to like to the wall guy, and he just one timed it, and I slid across, and I came flying across because he was like down at the face off dot, or yeah. he's maybe just outside the dot lane, like just inside the circle. And I came sliding across cause it felt like it should have been a back door. And then I watched the replay and I was like, man, there was, I like overslid it by like two feet. And I was like, okay, I could have just, this could have been a shuffle instead of a slide. And that was kind of the first eye opener for me seeing that one on video. And I was like, ah, I really have more time than I think you can really just make this a small step and be centered. Yeah. So. Yeah, for, for sure. You, you definitely learn a lot throughout through learning from from the film and all that but uh did how how was england overall like out of like outside of hockey like how how do you like england 
Yeah, I love it actually. So I have my UK passport. So my wife and I are actually um, looking at moving back there uh, for when I retire. Um, we just liked it over there. It's so easy to travel. So we really want to like yeah. take the advantage of being over there to travel in Central Europe because the cost of travel is so much cheaper. Um, we were able to do a little bit of travel and like we went to Dublin. We got to see London, Liverpool and a couple other cities in, in the UK. Um, cost of living compared to North America, honestly, like rent is high, but groceries and stuff was, was cheaper. So we were able to save a good chunk of money over there and just kind of like that. Um, it's just that the culture over there, man, it's way different. Like the pub culture, just like, if you go get a drink, like you can talk to anyone, like everyone's super chatty, loves to hear your story. Um, it was just a really great experience overall that like, we liked it so much that we're looking to go back. Yeah, that, that's awesome that you you liked it that much. So you're probably gonna end up going back eventually. So like, obviously it's a it's a good good country to to be in when you have when you have so many positive things to say about it. Yeah, yeah, it, it was we really like honestly I don't have a bad thing to say about like the country itself and like the yeah. cities that we lived in. It was it was great, and it's not it rains a lot, but not as much as I thought it was going to. So that was a nice nice surprise. There, there we go. Always, always good for some surprises. Yeah. But uh, then you come into this season, going back into North America, where you're in the SPHL with the Evansville Thunderbolts. So, uh, how, what was that decision like to come back over overseas to North America? Yeah, um, I was kind of looking all over the place through the summer, and then just my wife being American, is we were just kind of looking for a place that we were going to be relatively stable um you know kind of we're looking for specific things we wanted our own place this year um being married and everything and being one of the older guys so evansville was kind of able to tick off all those boxes and we have an unbelievable facility here and great ownership so it was just kind of like a good situation for us to kind of come into and feel comfortable and just kind of have fun i think i'm planning on this potentially being my last year so it's just this year was about having fun and just kind of being around the guys and being in a good situation that I enjoyed going to the rink and doing that sort of stuff. Yeah, that's good that you're in, you're in a good situation and everything like that. Like how, how has the season been for you and the team? Yeah. I mean, we've been struggling a little bit here to start. We got a really good team on paper. So I think it's just taking some time for uh, kind of guys to click and stuff like that. We got a younger team on the back end, but we got some really, really skilled forwards up front. Um, you know, so we're kind of on the low we're like two and ten right now but we had a big win last weekend so we're rolling into the friday night game here with some confidence and hopefully able to just kind of keep that moving forward yeah absolutely any any big expectations going going forward throughout the season just build on build on the wins and just keep building the the winning habit yeah i mean like the one thing I learned, especially that you're moving all, all around my second year approach, it's like, you just got to take it day by day. Yeah. I don't know when you're going to be somewhere else or what. So it's just like enjoying the little things, going to the rank, like enjoy cracking jokes with the guys that you're with right now and who are your buddies right now. And just putting in the work for that two hours or whatever it is in the morning and then moving on from there. So no real big expectations, just kind of working every day to get that a little bit better. And hopefully that'll, that in itself will string a few wins together and we'll be back right side up in no time. Yeah, absolutely. You just gotta, gotta go in every day with a, with a smile on your face and have fun because you're playing the the best sport in the world. Exactly. I mean, we get to play hockey for a job right now. So like can't yeah. complain about that. A lot of other things could be doing that wouldn't be nearly as fun. So 
Yeah, exactly. But uh, I have a few more questions before we wrap things up here. So do you have any tips for younger players looking to get to that next level? Oh, it's hard because there's so many different things and so many different yeah. opinions out there. The biggest thing that I can say is, like I said earlier, is like just keeping an open mind. You know, I had multiple different goalie coaches growing up and each one of them kind of had different philosophies and thoughts. And all I got out of that was that I got like kind of different points of views on things. And I was able to pick and choose what I thought worked for me and kind of apply that to my game. And I still kind of do that. So I think the biggest thing is just don't be afraid to get second opinions and kind of learn from everyone. Yeah, it's a, it's a great, great tips and advice for, for younger, for the younger, younger kids and anyone looking to get to that next level, like just have an open mind, like every, like everything's not uh, set in stone. So it's all, all changing and like, like hockey's you just got to adapt to any situation that you're given or anything that's said to you. Yeah. And like, it doesn't matter if you like the person or agree with them or whatever, but I, I'm a firm believer that you can learn something from everyone. So I think it's yeah. important to kind of, kind of pay attention when another goalie's in that or a different coach is speaking. Cause no matter what, you can pick something up and you don't know when it's going to help you, but I guarantee you'll be able to learn something from everyone that'll help you in the future. Yeah. You learn, learn something new every day and it's going to, going to take you far. Exactly. Yeah, but uh, my last question is, uh, you've been a bit of a, a runner recently. It's like, what what got you into into running? Because I I know yeah, I follow so, you on Strava. Yeah, yeah. So COVID was uh COVID was the big influencer there. Obviously, I was coming out of school when COVID hit and all the gyms shut down and everything. Uh, I already had my first contract with Rapid City signed, so I knew I was going into my first year pro. We didn't know when the season was going to start, but with the gyms closed, I was looking for ways to like get outside and kind of get my workouts in to get ready for pro. And so I looked, I turned to running and started running a lot and kind of as that progressed, I was running pretty much every day and then my knees were starting to hurt. So then I ended up grabbing a road bike off Amazon for, I think like 250 bucks, 300 bucks, got into kind of cycling and running. And then, um, my mom and my sisters were swimmers. So then I added swimming to the mix and Next thing I knew, like two years later, I signed up for my first triathlon, uh, ran my first triathlon there, actually won my age group in that. So that was kind of cool. Yeah. I set myself a time for it of like an hour and 10 minutes. And I came in at like an hour and nine. Um, You beat it. There we go. This year I was, I was living down in, in Austin and I had my road bike with me and I was doing a bunch of swimming at the outdoor pool and stuff, but it was just way too hot to cycle to road bike at all. So then I just kind of dove headfirst into running this year and really put on some big miles this year. Got a couple like 10 mile runs in, ended up doing a half marathon the weekend before I left for the season. Um, so that was kind of my first experience. I had never ran 13.1 miles before either. The longest I had done is like just over 10. And in my head, I was like, ah, what's another three. It's like, man, it's a big difference. Yeah. Three miles when you've already done 10 is a lot. Um, so I struggled in it, but again, I set myself with time of like an hour 40 and I came in at like an hour 39. So there we go. Uh, yeah, it was, it was a good crushing experience. goals. I've just, like, just kind of at school, like we just lifted so heavy all the time. Um, and then my first two years of pro, I was big into lifting during the season. And like kind of, as it went on, like my body's just kind of fatigued of it. And like mentally I'm bored yeah. of it. And I just kind of got to the thing where I was like, 
you know, I'm not really going to get necessarily that much stronger anymore. Um, but I want to stay active and keep like running and kind of cycling and swimming was a great way for me to keep my metabolism high and my body weight where I wanted it to be. Um, and then in turn, I just felt good on the ice. Cause like, I felt like I could go forever during practices. Cause I mean, practices were nothing compared to running 10 miles and a hundred degree heat in Texas. Um, and it's just something new, something that I kind of dove into as a passion, especially with the triathlons. I got really into like kind of following the Ironmans and all of those pro athletes and just kind of gained such an appreciation for like what they do, especially after you do like a first couple long like rides or runs and then you realize like how far those guys are going and how fast they're going. Like, and I was just kind of in shock and in awe with how good a physical shape they're in. And then I have my degree in movement science. So exercise physiology was a big background in my, in my degree. Um, so then when I started learning about like their nutrition plans and stuff like that and how they're, how they're fueling themselves for an eight hour race where they don't stop moving for like eight plus hours, I was just like, I was hooked into all that. So now my Instagram feed is full of like professional Ironman triathletes and runners and everything like that. And um, you know, I have, now I've got goals that like when I retire to kind of get into that and do a couple Ironmans and kind of go from there. Yeah. That, that, that's huge that you picked up, picked up running, biking, swimming. And cause it's like, it's a definitely a change of pace compared to, compared to hockey and running is definitely a love hate relationship and yeah. you got to battle the mental, the mental grind of all those activities. Cause it, it seems easy, but once you get going and, uh, the mileage and everything like it gets tough yeah once you get up there and have to start worrying about like fueling and hydrating and stuff like that like man it's hard and i struggled a lot this summer with like my stomach doesn't do well with like fluids in it when i'm running yeah. so i've like been working on trying to figure out how to how to fuel and how to hydrate and i sweat a lot too like a lot so like i'm like a double-edged sword i can't drink and run but i'm also sweating so much that like i need to be drinking like something yeah. like three liters an hour. I'm like, there's no way I'm drinking three liters in an hour run. So yeah. it's, I just love like the science aspect of it. I also like, I mean, we play hockey, which is such like a skill sport and so much of so much of the game and especially our position relies on what happens around you. Right. It's like reacting yeah. to other plays that are being made or things that are happening. And for me with like running and cycling and swimming and like those triathlons and getting into those races, it was the only thing that mattered was what I could control. Like the other athletes didn't matter. So it's just yeah. so, so completely polar opposite of like a team sport that I kind of liked it, like that change of pace that all I had to do was worry about my training, worry about my race, my plan for the race. And, you know, I kind of, that first triathlon, like it's a grind, but when you get it done, like it's such a rush of endorphins when you finish and it's great. And I'm hooked on that now too. So yeah, like uh, when you get that good like runner runners high, like it's it's the best, and like you just feel like you can go go for miles and miles more. But like just going through running for uh, cross country and track throughout college and all that in high school, like you de- like it definitely helps you become a better a better goaltender and a better hockey player because you're definitely in better shape than you would be if you weren't running. And oh, yeah. you could you could go for forever in practice. Yeah, it was cool too. Like this summer when I really got into running, I got to like just watch like my HRV skyrocket, like yeah. as I got be- like in better and better shape. And I was like, man, I'm like, 
it's kind of cool to see that correlation of how strong my heart was getting. And I was like, fuck, I was like, this stuff really works. And, but love, hate relationship is so accurate, man. There were days that I was like, I didn't want to lace up the shoes and go work out. But the other thing is I just, I got to the point where I found it a lot easier to like, I don't want to work out, but it's way easier for me to put my shoes on and go do like a 5k, like yeah. easy re recovery run than it was for me to go to the gym and do a 30 minute light workout. And I don't know what it was in my brain that that like switched, but my body just got kind of tired of lifting weights and I still lift a little bit now just to kind of maintain the strength that I do have, but yeah. I'm much more, um, I have much more fun doing those cardio sports instead of just lifting. Yeah, it uh, definitely has, has its benefits, but it also has, uh, has definitely has the cons, but like the benefits outweigh the, the cons for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely, when people say runners high, man, it's so true. Like you get yeah. down to the good long run. I'm like, ah, I feel like I feel accomplished. And I feel okay to now just sit on the couch for an hour and not do anything. Just be, be lazy for a couple hours. And yeah. it's like, I, I already got my run in like that. That's all that I needed to do. I know. No, it's, I, I love it. And now I just like, I do it every morning. And that's the big, that's the hardest thing with me now during this season is like, I want to be doing those sort of things. Like yeah. those are one of my passions now, which is kind of why part of me is ready, getting ready to kind of retire. It's just like, that's such a big passion of mine now. And it's really hard to maintain that in season, at least yeah. for me. Like I just don't have the energy to do an hour and a half practice and then go do a five mile run on the treadmill and, so it's just, I'd rather be able to give all my energy to one, which is what I'm doing right now. Yeah. I've kind of laid off all the running and cycling and everything, and I'm just lifting and practicing, but I'm ready to kind of divert my focus back to those ultra sports and kind of see yeah. what I can do with that. Yeah. Just give, give a hundred percent to hockey right now. And then whatever, exactly. whatever the year takes you, like go a hundred percent and run during the off season, whatever it is. Yeah. Prove to everyone that hockey players are the best athletes. We can do it all. Exactly. But I, I think that's a great way to wrap this episode up. So, uh, Hayden, thank you so much for coming on the show. I really appreciate your time and want to wish you the best of luck this season going forward. Yeah, man. Thanks a lot for having me. And same to you. Good luck the rest of the year. Yeah, thank you.